Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good morning, Razorback Nation. Welcome to the Hog Talk Podcast. Today, we have uh, Mike Neighbors on, the head women's basketball coach at the University of Arkansas, with us to talk a little bit about the end of the season and how the coronavirus has affected this team and, and all the other details and the stories behind the career of the man, Mike Neighbors. This episode is brought to you by Hyman Services. Is your to-do or honey-do list too long to tackle? Are your DIY skills likely to fail you? Do you wish you had a handy friend who would do what they promised without breaking the bank? Hyman Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer services will restore your confidence in handyman. Our customer reviews speak volumes. Check Hyman Services out on Facebook or you can call us for any interior or exterior project around your home or business. We do repairs and installations, small remodels, landscaping decks, patios, fencing, and so much more. Call Hyman Services at 479-347-9336 and tackle your to-do list without getting your hands dirty. Sounds good to me. Call Corey Hyman and Hyman Services. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Hog Talk Podcast, Woo Pig Suey. Razorback fans, welcome to another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. Today, with Kyle and Peck and I, we have Coach Neighbors, the head women's basketball coach at the University of Arkansas. How's it going, Coach? Making it pretty good. Hopefully, everybody's staying uh, safe and sound. We're I, trying to do as best I can to do my part. I, I still get a little stir-crazy and have to drive a little bit and take the dogs out. But other than that, I'm trying to be compliant like everybody else. Now, Coach, you know, with the season kind of cut short and especially how everything went down, how how was that um, – how did you deal with that and having to talk to the players about, you know, the season's short, we finally made the tournament, and then to let them know that there yeah. wasn't going to be a, a tournament? I've heard, you know, other coaches really can't say how to do it, and everybody's just been very unique, you know, to their circumstances. Ours absolutely sucked. Um we were, you know, it was a Thursday, and we were planning on having a wakes day on Friday morning, send the kids home for a weekend off because, you know, the NCAA selection show was on Monday. So we'd had such a really good day today on Wednesday. As we got together, I was surprising them to let them go home a day early because all their Friday classes had been canceled. So we met as early as we possibly could so they, as soon as class got out so that they could all get on the road. That was like 1 o'clock, and we were in there talking. And of course, you know, just talking about our calendar and how fun it was going to be when we got back for Selection Monday and what we are going to wear and what we were dressing, you know, all that stuff, all the fun stuff. And the question came up, what do you think, Coach? you think we're going to play? And I said, hey, listen, nobody really knows, but man, I have the utmost confidence in the NCAA that, you know, at least they'll explore postponing it before we hear the word cancel. So let's just all go home with a, you know, a hopeful, hopeful plan and see what happens. But man, I just, I can't imagine us canceling it. So we broke that meeting up and a lot, nine minutes later, it hit social media. 
that they had canceled it. So obviously my credibility was shot um, <laughs> by, by saying I had, you know, faith in the system to not cancel it. But so we had to deal with every single player in a different way because we, we couldn't get them back under the same roof because they scattered. In those nine minutes, those kids were packed and on their way. Uh, and we were being told, you know, hey, let's, you know, uh, it's canceled. It's over. So um, each individual handled it differently. There were 16 different kids and coaches and administrators, everybody handling it differently. So uh, ours was a challenge in that because we weren't under the same roof. Um, plans were obviously shot from that point based on what we had been talking about. And like I say, it varied from, you know, a kid like Alexis who was absolutely devastated to a few freshmen who really didn't even know what it meant yet. So uh, managing it, handling it, and then just the follow-up for the next how many ever days we're out now, three weeks out, it's, it's a constant thing. Everybody's dealing with it on a different pace. All the experts we've talked to that are you know, professionals in the mental health world say just let people feel whatever they're going to feel on their own timeline and uh, be ready to help them whenever this thing's over with. Coach, I wanted to back up just a little bit. I know you had originally, when you first got to the U of A as a student, you had played baseball. And talk <laughs> about uh, Coach DeBrian. So before you had really ever, I'm not sure at that time if you were still wanting to go into to basketball coaching, but talk about your career there when you first got there and, and with Coach. Uh, I, loved, I, lo I, was, I loved basketball. Basketball was my passion, but I was just better at baseball. And, you know, I had some very, very – small opportunities to play basketball in college uh, as a walk-on and some small scholarships. But baseball, had a, I had a chance. Uh, and after two years, I played one at, at Arkansas Fort Smith, which was used to be called West Ark there. And my head coach there was really good friends with Coach DeBrine, um, Coach Crowder. And he said, hey, you, you're starting to kind of fill out now. You're getting a little stronger. Your body's catching up. You should go out there and, and try to walk on with the Razorbacks. So I did. And Coach DeBrian had a – he always used to have an open tryout, and I think probably to gain interest. I, I, looking back on it, I'm not sure any of us ever played or made it, but I did. I went out there, and, boy, I, I thought I had as good a day as I could have. Boy, I'd hit it well and fielded it pretty good. And I was pretty confident when I saw him walking over to me that he was going to, you know, just tell me where my locker was at. You know, I was – I was pretty sure I'd just made the Razorback team and my dream had come true. Instead, he says, uh, he says, neighbors, have you ever thought about being a coach? And I said, yeah, coach, as soon as my playing days are over, as soon as I, you know, my cleats are hung up and this glove goes in the garage and I'm going to be a coach. And he kind of put his arm around me and kind of grabbed me on the shoulder and said, well, that day's today. <laughs> So, um, uh, and, and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I, so, I, I, at that point in time, I didn't know whether I was supposed to leave the field or could I keep shagging balls. He said, uh, he said, you don't have to leave right now. He said, you can stick around. You, you can keep that T-shirt, too. And then strolled off into center field to go tell somebody else the same thing. And every time I see him, we laugh about it. He lives across the hill from me, um, his awesome, awesome wife who – I think I outkicked my coverage in my life. He absolutely outkicked his stadium. Uh, Caroline is amazing. Uh, but we see each other regularly. And there's no question that he helped me along my path to, to get started a little bit earlier uh, into coaching. I, I, you know, I wanted to coach basketball because I, I love that sport more. I, I, I never loved coaching baseball. I just couldn't 
it's an outdoor sport. There's no shot clock. Uh, uh, JV games in high school can last nine hours. Uh, it was just not my jam. But basketball was always my love to coach. And, you know, if Coach, uh, if coach DeBrine hadn't got me set there on that, that day out there on Ray Winder Field, uh, I probably wouldn't have been, uh, been able to, to start my career as early as I did. What's been one of your favorite moments so far as a coach uh, at Arkansas during your time there? Uh, Being back? Um, I, I don't think there's a favorite yet. You know I'm a ranker, and some days I will rank them in order. Um, you know, the press conference jumps out at me, just the welcome back, uh, the number of high school friends, college friends, family members, former players, um, j that was a really, really overwhelming experience. Um, you don't, ex you know, my, my press conference at Washington was being a reporter, you know, that was it. There wasn't really much, and some family members. Um, so that, that will always be remembered fondly, but the rest of it just kind of all flows together. Just the everyday stuff. Um, you know, I'll remember where I was at when, when Dungy, told me she was coming. I remember where I was at when Monk said she was staying, when Devin Cosper said she was actually going to come back. Um, you know, I, I keep a lot of mementos around my office and at the house. So pictures and things like that will, will take me back to it. But, you know, in, in answering your question, the press conference got it started and it hadn't stopped since. It, it is an everyday thing. Um, I was with my son yesterday and we were uh, at Harps and eight or seven or eight people stopped and said something about how they were, you know, sad the season ended. And he kind of looked at me and said, are, are you famous? I said, no, son, I am <laughs> not famous whatsoever. But it is just how it's, that's just the difference in Arkansas and every other place I've ever coached. It is um, it, the, the passionate fan base and, they have not stopped since that press conference trying to make us all feel welcome, no matter how many, how long I've been in this state, how much, how many times I've called the hogs. Um, just too many memories to, to probably do justice, but one day I'll rank them. One day I'll take, take some time and sit down and write them all out, rank them out. But uh, for now we'll stick with uh, it's, it's not stopped. It's been one steady um, great moment ever since getting on campus. Before we kind of jump into, you know, next season and what to expect, kind of reflect on this past season. And I'm telling you what, you know, with the, all the records and, you know, the three-pointers and the attendance, I think that jumps out to me the most is the breaking the attendance records. And I think you just had said something about the, the season ticket holder record. I mean, tell, tell us what yeah. that means to you that we're continually bringing more fans into the, to the games. It just validates that we're doing it the right way. You know, I, I don't think fans should come support people who aren't doing it the right way. And, and I get that. Uh, if, but it validates that point. And, you know, Andrew Hutchinson did a great article the other day about it, that our attendance has increased 96.6% since. That's better than any grade I've ever gotten in my life. So I'm reporting that. Uh, that's the highest grade of any ever. Um, but that uh, – it's evidence, you know, guys, that's, that's evidence that we can point toward to recruits, to um, everything that the system seems to be working. We've got the right people in the building. We've got the right people surrounding us and we're, we're doing it the right way. Um, but to, to see that momentum build and 
we can go back. Y'all were in the room when we talked about it at the NIT. I still maintain that NIT was the best thing ever happened to us, not making the NCAA tournament last year. You know, if we'd have made the NCAA tournament last year, I think we'd have probably been an 11 seed. We'd have had a hard game and a hard venue against a great opponent. And, you know, who knows what would have happened in that. But knowing what did happen, the three home games, the fan excitement, the fan engagement. And then, too, I don't want to downplay the fact that Alexis Tolfrey, an in-state kid, has a phenomenal senior year. And, and I, there were the lines – you know, the lines last year when we had all grass lines, the, the lines were predominantly for Chelsea Mount. There, you know, you can see them after a game. This year was pretty split. I mean, there were people, as many people wanting autographs from Michaela and IT and um, Mac, you know, Lex, all those kids. So um, that excitement back into Bud Walton, I, I promise you it helped us win at least three or four games. There's no question it helped us win the Kentucky game. There is absolutely no question it helped us win the LSU game and the Kansas State game. So those three games – Without the fans, there's there's no question we don't win those things. Hey, Coach, you're talking kind of talking about. Go ahead. Kyle. Oh, when when you were uh, you talked about earlier when I'd asked the baseball question, kind of how your coaching career began. Now you were also a very successful high school coach as well. When was it that you decided that you wanted to take that rank? I know you've said in previous interviews that, that coaching women is, is what you love to do. Uh, really, yeah. really not considered coaching, or at least at this point, would not really consider coaching men. What, when was it that you really decided that you wanted to make that jump to the collegiate level and coach women's basketball? Well, it's ironic she just walked in the door here. Uh, you know, my daughter uh, was three years old. Uh, we were down at Cabot. I just laid her down for a nap, and I got hit with a heart attack. I had a massive chest pain that had never even remotely felt anything like it. And, you know, two hours later, I'm on a gurney uh, telling, having been told I'm having a heart attack. And that was the moment that it was like, okay, I, I'm going to coach in college. That life is too short. I'm going to sacrifice whatever it takes because it was the, it was what was driving me. I loved being a high school coach. Um, you know, you mentioned I, I started out as a boys coach and girls job at Bentonville. They literally made me take it. Uh, they were, they said, if you're going to have a job at Bentonville, you're going to coach the girls. They, they had offered it to about six or seven different people. Nobody wanted it. I quickly found out why uh, we went one in 24 <laughs> that first year. Uh, and they needed a, they, you know, they needed a sucker who didn't have anything to lose. Uh, to try to come in there. So, but after one year of going one in 24, there was no question. That's what I, that was, I, just, I was so lucky because I should have been coaching women from the beginning. I was raised by women, uh, grandmother, aunts, mom. Um, so I connect better to that side of the, the sport. And the high school was what I had to do uh, because I, I didn't have a path to being a college coach. I knew Coach Blair. I applied for every job he ever had open while I was at Bentonville. Uh, none of them uh, were successful uh, in applying. I applied for 122 other jobs uh, in the college game in those, those years as a high school coach at Bentonville. I was 0 for 122, by the way. If anybody wants to know the record, I got shot down on all of them. Uh, but that heart attack was the, the moment when I said, I don't care what it takes. So that was when I volunteered, pretty much volunteered to work for Coach Blair. He found a way to name me as director of basketball ops and pay me $600 a month to 
I took a $58,000 pay cut to do it. But that heart attack combined with the experience of knowing life is short and it was what I wanted to do all along, that's kind of how that path – but that heart attack changed you, you know. That, that was when you realized that you can't wait any longer. Uh, if you're going to do it, let's do it right now. And opportunity matched up with timing. And um, I was just so lucky to work with not only Coach Blair there, but, you know, Vic was his assistant coach. So I got to sit in Vic's office. Kelly Bond was the assistant that had just been a young recruiter. I got to learn from her. Amber Shirey was the other coach. So you talk about walking into a, a mentor, a daily mentorship on every facet of the game. I had a quick immersion those first two years. So what kind of uh, impact has Coach Blair and, and that staff had on your coaching career? Um, they all helped me become a good assistant coach. Like they would tell me when I was wrong, where I was screwing up, what I was doing wrong, what I needed to do, you know, advice. They, they all helped me. Uh, coach Blair, you know, I, I say a father figure, the older brother figure, Amber, the sisterly figure, Kelly, those people. Uh, that's how that all went. You know, still to this day, you know, coach still calls me Matt. That's his son's name. So sometimes I just <laughs> nod my head. He also thinks I still work for him, uh, except for those times <laughs> we to, when we have to face each other head to head. But no, I mean, as far as career wise, there's no question he's taken a lot of um, time out of what he does to pass that on to me. He's, he's kept me very, very grounded. Coach Neighbors, you know, when, when most people hear the word transfer portal, you think about college football and and men's basketball. Now it's starting to uh, trickle into the women's game. How has that, you know, affected your team and how has it affected your ability to communicate with them with everything going on? Um, you know, the first two years we were just taking kids out of the portal. We uh, didn't have anybody going into it. This is our first year to have uh, anybody going into it. So I, I don't have a lot of expertise with that side of it. Um, I think it's a great thing for the kids to use uh, their abilities to, you know, find what they're looking for. Um, I do think that uh, it's a huge part of managing your roster. I think you have to assume for the fact that there's always going to be one or two people that are not um, comfortable with their roles and are going to be looking to use that portal as an opportunity to find that. So that's certainly what we did when we, you know, found Chelsea, when we found uh, Amber, when we found IT. Um, so it's a very valuable thing that's out there. You have to factor it into uh, managing your roster. Uh, I'm not telling you that I have any expertise in, in doing either of them, um, but I do know it's something you have to account for. You have to have a plan uh, for managing it uh, with your current roster and, and your future roster. So uh, I think it's good for the student athlete. I think it allows them – a lot of ownership in their future and their career. Um, and it's, it's definitely here to stay. Hey coach, you were at Washington before you came to Fayetteville and took them to a final four. Is there, obviously I know you have your own philosophies and stuff like that, but is there a certain way that you have done things just what you, what you were doing at Washington? Did you maybe change up some philosophies just for the way that things are done in Fayetteville? Or is there just kind of some things really that you stand by just as a coach, whenever, whether you're in there, there's some change. Yeah, there, there's some differences. And that basically is answered because of the recruiting base. You know, the footprint that the SEC has was way different than the footprint that the Pac-12 had. Um, that Rocky Mountain division, that Rocky Mountains, 
there was a reason it took settlers a long time to get over it. It's, it's just <laughs> something about that dividing line. Um, you know, we recruited California, the West Coast, but I, I think here in changing our recruiting base, we had, we had to change some philosophies, some, uh, some levels of athleticism, some threshold. We use the word threshold a lot. Um, you know, you, you, have to, you have to be able to function athletically in this league. It doesn't matter how hard you work at something or how many cl camps and clinics you've been to and how many workout guys you've worked with. Uh, to develop certain skills. If, if there's not an athleticism level, it just is not going to get you open within the league that we have to compete in day in and day out. So some of that's changed, uh, but the, the tactics and the strategies have all been very, very similar. Uh, we wanted to, to build it around a fast pace with a, a ability to, to get to the rim, to get fouled, uh, and then to make some free throws. Um, and we've run into some, some teams that works against. We've still got to, to, to make some changes for teams that have a couple of big kids, um, but we're in the process of doing that. It's just uh, – it's a little bit harder to do in this area because there's more schools. It's, it's a geographic thing and it's a numbers thing. You, there's just not as many schools on the other side of the Rocky Mountains as there is on this side and in those leagues. So we've changed a few things, but I'd tell you overall, it's, it's, it looks pretty much the same. And – it's fun you, you mentioned that, you know, it's a four-year anniversary. I have a lot of, uh, you know, and Chantel's on my staff now that played for us at Washington. So, been cool reliving a lot of those uh, memories from four years ago and seeing how many things do parallel. And I would tell you there's more th things that parallel than don't. So, Coach, kind of tell us about what we can look forward to, uh, you know, next year with, with your incoming recruits and, and yeah. with your returning players. Uh, faster and hopefully more efficient, you know, and that's a scary thing to say out loud to people that can hear it and replay it to us this time next year. Um, but I, I really believe that. I, I think we've added some quality depth in our freshman class. We get Jalen Mason back, you know, and that I don't think really as many national media, some local media did, but none of the national media really even picked up on it. Uh, that that kid was a, a three-year starter and a 37-minute-a-night player the year before didn't didn't play one down for us this year. So uh, our expectations will be off the chart. Um, we'll have a bunch of senior leadership in Chelsea, in Taylor, um, in Amber, uh, and Jalen. So, and, and then you, you got returners with with Matt coming back with the experience she got. She's she was not a freshman from about Christmas on. Not that she ever showed up as a freshman, but I've always said once a kid reaches about 300 minutes play, they should no longer be referred to as a freshman. So uh, I know that just from talking to them, everybody's standards in everything that we've set are going to be uh, off the chart high. So I'm excited to get it going. I, I, I can't tell you we were just sitting around dinner table a second or lunch table. I can't tell you that we're going to win more games or win more league games. Our schedule's harder. Uh, we're bringing Baylor in here. We're playing in the preseason NIT. We're bringing Cal in here. We're going to a tournament that's going to be loaded. We're going to be challenged, but I think we're, we're so much further along in the national scene that we had to do that. And uh, I think you're going to see a fun, exciting team, even, even faster and even, even more threes and uh, hopefully a little bit better on the defensive side too. 
Coach, I got to sneak in here, and uh, I was not going to let the pod go without wishing you a happy birthday. I know you. Oh wow! I know you were well, probably going to uh, try to let that sneak by, but luckily we got a we got a tweet in just as soon as we were about to finish. So lovely, happy lovely. I, I, definitely appreciate let me that. know. I'd like to block that person. I just wanted on the record, and y'all can y'all can be breaking news. Y'all y'all can tweet this after we're done because I haven't said this yet, and I've saved the tweet. I have applied to the NCAA to get this year of eligibility back for my birthday because we couldn't have a party. So I don't know how – I know the NCAA has got lots of other things to deal with right now, and I'm sure it's probably down their list of things to do. But I will be applying to get my year of eligibility back so that we can celebrate number 51 next year. Well, well Coach, if you get that year of eligibility back, we'll be sure to go up there at Sassy's where we're supposed to uh, be celebrating your uh, watch party. And we'll, That's right. we'll have we'll, a fun time. We'll go there, and then we'll we'll pregame there, then we'll postgame at Wright's, and then we'll post-postgame at Penguin Ed's, and we'll hit all the barbecue joints up here. <laughs> I'm down get with that. All. I'm down we'll with that. We'll knock them all out. Well, I've already gained 19 pounds just eating uh, the barbecue here in Central Arkansas. So, uh, you, I'm telling you what. It's don't something. come to rights. Don't come to rights, then. You'll, you'll, you'll see. You, you get that just driving by the place. Yeah. <laughs> well, Coach, we appreciate you uh, dropping by. And cool, anytime you want to come back on the Hog Talk, you, uh, you are, you know, you're always going to be welcome. We, we probably just need to make this a weekly thing because it's one of those deals that uh, I look forward to doing. So, you guys let me know whenever you need anything, okay? Yes, sir. Right, yes, sir. Hey, I appreciate you letting us cover your team. I, for me being able to come a bunch of games, it's been a pleasure. It's been real Great. exciting. And uh, my man, man Tyler, I got to give him a shout out to South Carolina, getting to meet up with you in South Carolina. And, Great. You know, uh, he had a, I'm, I'm going to keep this on the low, but he had a Chelsea give him a little wink and it made him blush a little bit. So, <laughs> hey, I, I, hey, if I had a dollar for every time I've seen her make a guy blush, uh, uh, we'd all be retired. We would none of us be doing what we're doing right now. She's got that. She just called me a second ago and wished me happy birthday. So, y'all know how special she of a kid just she is. Not only a great player, but, uh, yeah, y'all keep doing what you're doing. Having y'all around, y'all always bring unique questions to the to the press conferences and a unique take on things. And it's a uh, it doesn't go unnoticed by, by me or my staff or our players, what you guys are doing for us. And uh, y'all keep doing what you're doing. Yes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.